Saturday morning. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estworks. I'm Tom Estwork, your host. Another fine Saturday morning. It is the middle of winter now. There's no doubt about it. Man, a lot of snow before Christmas. But boy, things are nice and warm in Florida. I had a great time in Florida. It was a wonderful, wonderful trip away. Great time in Key West for New Year's and, and just overall a great family trip. We had a, a blast. And now I'm back to the cold tundra of Maine and it's time to focus on spring. Okay. I love this time of year because in the garden center industry, as as I've talked about time and time again, you know, we're always a season ahead. So we're planning now for the next group of things that are going to happen. And basically, you know, spring is kind of a, a, a time where it's all about new beginnings. Okay. It's a new year, new beginnings, seeds are being sprouted, plants are being grown. It's just to me, an opportunity to thrive, and it's a new beginning, I guess is what I'm saying. And so, you know, it's just that typical life cycle. So we're starting it all over again. The years kind of are fading by. It's amazing how quick a year goes by. I mean, it just, you know, let's face it, a few weeks ago it was Christmas, you know, and now we're already talking about spring. So we're switching gears, you know, and that life cycle is amazing in a garden center because we see it day in and day out. You know, we start something from a seed or a cutting, we grow it to a full on plant, and then, bam, it's out the door and you're enjoying it, and then you're back for the next season. So it's it's that time of year where we get excited about the new beginnings. Another year passes, and, you know, in the garden center industry, this time of year is tough. What do you talk about? New plants. Let's talk about new plants today because there's always something new. The hybridizers have been hard at work. They're coming up with new things all the time. To be perfectly honest, we have to get rid of some of the old varieties in order to continue to bring in new varieties. We can't keep all the old varieties and add the new. It just doesn't work. We've got hundreds and hundreds of varieties on our website. A lot of these we're going to talk about today aren't even on our website yet. I just want to make sure everybody understands that. These are new varieties that typically in January and February, that's the time when we actually do update our website and and add all those new varieties in. So, you know, when I'm talking about new things, the website can lag behind a little bit due to the fact the radio show is ahead of schedule. We're always talking about things before we can actually get them done a lot of times at the garden center. So... What else should we be doing at this time of year in the garden center? Well, at this time of year, we're sticking cuttings. We're starting to sow seeds. We're actually potting some perennials soon, if you can think about that. Okay? Pansies are starting to be thought about transplanted. And, you know, it's just time to enjoy the winter in the greenhouse. Now, everybody else is freezing when they go to work. This is one of the positives of owning a garden center. You go to work and you're in a 75-degree greenhouse. It's sunny. It's warm. And you're standing around potting plants all day. There's something kind of tranquil about that. You know, the rigors of the monotony of it just kind of take over. I've done it for so many years that I just kind of fall into groove. And my mind can kind of go to someplace else. It's just like you know, second nature, potting plants, and I start thinking about other things, and it's almost relaxing to me. 
There's nothing better than to see a whole greenhouse full of plants that have just been planted. And then six, eight, ten weeks later, they're all blooming and they're all beautiful and ready for you to take home. It's really rewarding. So this time of year is kind of fun. And then, of course, as the weeks go by, it gets a little bit monotonous. <laughs> you know, it gets kind of, ugh, we have to go do that again. You know, the thousands of plants we plant year in and year out. To give you an idea, we grow over 100,000 four-inch pots. Okay, 100,000. There's typically six or eight of us that plant those off and on, depending on the, the crew size. So you think about that. That's that's pretty tremendous how many plants go through the place in a season. And that that, that doesn't, you know, take into account, you know, 10,000 fall moms and, you know, another six or 7,000 poinsettias. And, you know, it just adds up really quick. All the hanging baskets, all that. So a lot of work. I love it. You know, I've been away in Florida. And every single year at the end of the year, everybody's like, well, what are you going to do all winter? This is what we're doing, folks. I mean, we're hard at work. You know, there's still more maintenance to do. There's still more cleaning. There's still more getting ready for spring. There's still placing orders, all of those things. But let's talk a little bit about some of the plants because that's what really, truly you as customers are looking for, something new and different and exciting in the in your yard. Now, I don't want to discount all of the older varieties because – I'm going to take a step back. When I'm talking about plants, and specifically new plants, I always want to caution people that they're new. We don't have all the answers to the new genetics, the new varieties. It's not like we have, you know, the years of experience of an older variety, how it reacts in our landscape, how it holds up to snow and ice, how its hardiness is. All of the different things that kind of go hand-in-hand with that, experience-wise, in our market of Maine, as we know, is its own microcosm. It really is a special place. The weather conditions can be very harsh at times and very mild at times. You know, I find our summers are actually quite mild and very good for plants, where our winters are very harsh and quite, you know, tough on plants. Now, with the snow that we've had this year, that helps insulate and give us gives us a blanket. But I want to talk about some of the plants that are new because, yeah, they're exciting. But I want to also caution you. So here's, here's a few that we'll go through a few. Hydrangea vanilla strawberry. It's not new. Okay? But what I want to tell you about hydrangea vanilla strawberry is now you can buy it in tree form. So instead of bush form, you can buy it in a single stem with a nice head. It's new for this year. You know, so not only sometimes are they new varieties, but now you can buy them in a small tree form. Okay? Which, to me, is wonderful when we get some of those those shrubs. Now, hydrangeas typically are sold that way. They're sold in tree form and in shrub form. Okay? Many other plants also are now being grafted or put into standards, what we call standards, meaning a single stem with a branch top. A lot of shrubs are being done that way now. And the reason being is a lot of yards are smaller. They need smaller plants. And what better way to get a small tree 
if you've got a single stem shrub, basically. And so you can get something that's, say, 8x8 or 10x10 eventually next to a patio or if you have a small backyard and you need something with height because you want to plant perennials underneath it or whatnot, that is a great way to kind of add some height and give you more space underneath. So hydrangea vanilla strawberry, if you're not familiar with this plant, it's a wonderful hydrangea. It has beautiful white blossoms, and then the flower basically starts at the base of the flower turning pink, and the tip will still be white. So that's why they call it vanilla strawberry. And it dries wonderfully. And to me, it really is a nice plant. The one downside I find to the plant, it really does need some aggressive pruning to keep really stocky and have the branches heavy enough so that you really get a plant that holds up well with those big flowers. That's the only thing that I can come up with. I think the flower is beautiful. The other thing is there's many hydrangeas we're going to talk about today, and I'm going to kind of skip around because I don't want to talk about all of them at once. But the next plant I wanted to talk about was or is a magnolia. And this is kind of nice because we've had Centennial Magnolia for a long time. Now, Centennial Magnolia is a white star magnolia. It's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful plant. But now we have Centennial Blush. So it's a white magnolia with a blush pink hue to it. Now, anytime we have a blush flower, I tend to use it more like a white. And the, be, the reason kind of I look at it that way is because when that flower comes out, it's going to have that blush, but then it's going to fade very quickly to a white. So I don't like to tell people that it's going to be pink. And it's not. It's blush. Okay? Very important. But the nice part about this one is, you know, it's got that blush pink, then it's going to fade to white. So you get two different kind of styles. Height's going to be about 18 feet tall by about 15 feet wide. And that's a maturity, you know. A zone 4 plant, very, Centennial has been one that has been known to really flower very well in our climate. And so I'm excited because now we have kind of a blush pink, and I suspect you're going to find there's probably going to be a pink coming down the road. Because obviously the hybridizers are working that, or the people who are selecting, they're starting to see some varieties show up in the pink hues. And eventually, I think we'll probably have a nice pink. Now, if you're looking for a pink magnolia, Leonard Messel is typically what we sell in a star magnolia. Holds up very well in our climate. I would recommend that one over, you know, blush if you want a pink. Okay? But Centennial... The straight white has held up very well. We've had it for a long, long time. Really great plant. Um, you know, but again, with this particular variety, every single node, every single branch, every single, you know, tip has flower buds all over it. It's a really heavy, heavy bloomer. So it's really nice to have a magnolia because here in Maine, a lot of the magnolias don't do that. They don't bud up as well. We particularly find that on the yellow varieties, that you will get sporadic flowering on off years. Seems especially if we have really, really good, 
you know, summer growing years, sometimes actually having the plant stressed a little bit actually tends to make it flower and bud up more during the summer months. So, you know, if you have a lawn service program and you put your magnolia out in the middle of the lawn and they come through and fertilize four times a year and you're not getting good flowering on your magnolia, that might be part of the problem that it's getting too much fertilizer and it's too happy and you've got irrigation on it. And on the yellows, we particularly see that, okay, that they can, if they're treated too nicely, tend to really just want to grow. And they tend not to butt up on those terminal buds. But Centennial Blush, really good bloomer. I'm excited about this variety because we haven't had a lot of new magnolias in a while. And this one seems like it might fit that nice blush pink look that people love. So really great, great, great plant. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about a whole bunch more plants. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. great garden this year, but I don't know where to start. Does this sound like you? With so many great plants available, it can be tough knowing which ones are right for you and your home. The gardening pros at Estabrooks can help. Every time I come, they're always helpful to us. They are really knowledgeable about things because I don't know that much about gardening, so they always tell me what you know would be right in my house in the sun and the settings. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. For over 60 years, Wiltproof has provided the most effective protection against moisture loss in plants under water stress, and no other product comes close. Our non-hazardous, organic, and biodegradable film is like having several layers of protection. As the outside layer of Wiltproof wears off with the weather, another layer forms. Wiltproof is the only horticulture anti-transparent that has the ability to provide this long-lasting protection. Put your trust in Wiltproof. Check out their site at wiltproof.com. That's wilt-proof.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we are talking new plants for 2014. And when I say new plants, they may not all be new to 2014. They may be varieties or different forms, like we talked about the vanilla strawberry being in tree form, and also Centennial Blush Magnolia. But there's also another hydrangea that we had this past fall, Hydrangea Bobo. And we talked a little bit about this past fall in 2013, how nice this plant is. I wanted to mention it again because it's new to some of my suppliers. And not everyone had it available last fall. So the major release is going to be for this spring. Most all the advertising and everything's going to kind of show up this year. But Hydrangea Bobo, I really like. Now, number one, I like I like the name. I just think it's kind of cool. Um, but the big thing I really like is the dwarf habit. And so you're not going to find these plants in big sizes. Because it's so dwarf. Eventual size, 30 to 36 inch, inches high and 3 to 4 feet wide. Now, you think about a paniculata hydrangea. When I look at hydrangeas, you know, I think paniculata hydrangeas, big growers. I'm excited that more and more varieties are becoming dwarf 
varieties. They're working very hard. Now, the thing is, Bobo has as big a flower on a dwarf plant, which I think is amazing. So this one here, you know, it really holds up well. It's upright. It's got really strong stems to hold those big blossoms. I didn't see a lot of flop on the plant last fall, meaning the the blossoms get too heavy for the branches and it just kind of flops over to the ground. Now, as a young plant, it may do that. Again, with new plants, we kind of have to figure out how we're supposed to prune these. Only the plants can kind of tell us, given our climate and conditions here in Maine, how we need to kind of maintain them year in and year out. Now, Bobo, being that it's a small plant, it's nice because I think you'll be able to fit one here, one there in a perennial bed. And it's as big as a perennial, basically. You know, you think about your tall flocks, you think about your tall, um, you know, bee bombs and and black-eyed Susans. They're all about three feet tall and three to four feet wide once they get established. So now we've got a hydrangea that isn't going to overpower a perennial bed necessarily. Or if you've got a tight yard and you want to plant some underneath a tree, you've got a plant that kind of will hold up in those conditions. That's always the tough part is we try to take some of these paniculata hydrangeas, stick them in a small spot and keep them pruned, and it's very tough to keep them that tight. I think Bobo's going to fill a void in the hydrangea world. And believe me, there's all kinds of dwarf ones. There's little lamb, there's little lime, there's all kinds of different ones. But what I can tell you is I see Bobo as being one of the smallest so far, okay? So, you know, it's hard to say. Definitely something that, uh, you know, I would recommend everyone take a look at this spring. Because I think Bobo is going to be that popular. Now, another plant that I've been holding off talking about is another hydrangea. And it's the latest addition to the Endless Summer series. And it's called Bloomstruck. Okay, and I'm sure probably I prompted some folks out there that I wasn't going to tell you, and everybody went online looking, you know. And I had a few emails of people saying, I know what it is, I know what it is. It wasn't a secret. I just didn't want to talk about it yet. We were in fall mode. We were in Christmas mode. I wanted to wait until now. And we'll be talking about this plant periodically throughout. It's called Hydrangea Endless Summer Bloomstruck. And it's the newest addition to the Endless Summer series. Now, Endless Summer was the hottest ticket in the world, okay, for, I'd say, the last seven or eight years. And it really has given us an option for a blue hydrangea here in Maine. Now, there's many reblooming varieties out there on the market now. Now, what I can tell you is Bloomstruck is really a nice dwarf form of endless summer. It's going to stay more compact. It's not going to elongate its growth. Sometimes I think endless summer gets a little too leggy for people, a little too big. And due to the pruning cycle of endless summer, how you prune, when you prune, all of that confusion, I think we run into problems. Now, Bloomstruck is supposed to be two to four feet high and three to four feet wide. And I say supposed to because I haven't seen it in 
the ground growing. I, I don't know if it's going to get bigger or not. That's what they're telling us. Nice, all the way from nice blue flowers all the way to a pink. And if you really acidify it, it almost goes more kind of lavendery purple. But really nice dwarf, more compact, more flowers, a little smaller flowers. But another blue hydrangea that we can deal with and fit conditions. Now, I still think Endless Summer is going to be really popular. I really love Twist and Shout. And Twist and Shout is the lace cap variety. I like that one also. Now, I would say Twist and Shout is the best bloomer so far I've seen in that series out of all of them. We're going to see how Bloomstruck does because it's very frustrating to myself as an owner of a company to sell something and then it doesn't perform as well as you would like. Now, we've tried to work through the problems with Endless Summer. We've tried to work with with folks in their yards of how to prune, you know, because it is a little tricky. Now, we're going to treat Bloomstruck exactly the same as we do Endless Summer. So we'll kind of go through that. We've gone through it time and time again. So we're going into spring. You're going to plant Bloomstruck. Okay, because it's new. You haven't had any yet. So you're going to plant it this spring. We're going to keep it moist all summer. We're going to do limited fertilization the first year. You know, maybe a couple times during the year, depending on the time of year you plant it. And then come fall, we're not going to do a darn thing to it other than water. We're not going to cut it back. We're not going to do anything for pruning. We're going to allow the leaves to drop and stay in the center of the plant. And we're not going to cover it. We're not going to protect it. We're not going to do anything. Now, if you want to give a little extra extra protection, we may spray it down late fall with wilt proof on all those stems. But that's pretty much all we're going to do the first year. The biggest thing I want to make sure you understand is do not prune this plant back the first year. Don't prune it back. Just leave it. Get it acclimated. Don't touch it. Just let it do its thing. But I think Bloomstruck's going to be a huge, huge winner. You know, again, so now we have a nice blue, pink, and then we have Bobo, which is a nice white going to pink. So you've got two different ty- flower types. you got both dwarf forms. They're fitting a need. You know, I would say the Bloomstruck's going to be more for part sun to shade. And then Bobo's going to be more part sun to full sun. So it gives you that whole array of options for those two conditions in a hydrangea that are smaller. So really going to kind of fit the, the bill. The next plant I wanted to talk about is a crabapple. And crabapples are one of my favorite. Apples, crabapples. But this is a new one called Gladiator. Okay, Gladiator, I was kind of excited about this plant. And the reason being is, again, I'm I'm looking for plants that are going to stay more in check, are going to stay tighter, are, are available for fall, smaller yards, smaller spaces. You know, with all of our daily lives, the last thing we want is plants to get overgrown. Now, when we buy and we purchase small dwarfer plants... 
they can be a little more expensive because they're slower going, and they cannot be as large when you first plant them. So Gladiator, it's going to be, again, where they're new varieties. You're probably not going to find a ton of big specimen plants out there. But here's a bright pink flowered crabapple with reddish purple fruit. It's an upright oval crown. Okay? And it's got these delicate pink flowers all over it. And the fruit, heavy, heavy fruit set. But the lovely thing I like is it's a nice little vase-shaped plant. Okay? Eventual size, 12 to 18 feet high by 10 to 15 feet wide. So you can see how it's got that vase-shaped, you know, look to it. It's tighter. When I think standard crab apples, I think 20 feet tall and 25 feet wide. So we've cut that width down by 10 feet at least. And it's easy to prune in that vase shape. So you think about it. If it's got that shape, you can put it next to a walkway. And it'll kind of arch up over the walkway. You can put it next to a patio too. And it'll arch into the patio. And you still have the headroom to sit underneath it. You have the headroom to do everything around it. The other thing is wonderful plant out in the lawn because you can mow around it. I think personally crab apples are underused. The new varieties that are coming out far out, you know, far, far, far. The genetics are much better than the old-fashioned varieties. And you're going to start to see at Estabrooks a lot of the old varieties are going to start to go away. Now there's probably two or three varieties that are older varieties that I'll hold on to for a long time. Donald Wyman's one. Prairie Fire might be another. Um, there's a couple others. But some of these new varieties are really starting to change my mind because they've really improved the disease issues. They've improved the habit issues of other varieties. Like, to me, this one is a replacement for Pink Spires. Pink Spires is an old, old variety. But, boy, do we have a lot of leaf problems with it. It never really looks that great in the garden center and in the ground. And so that's the problem we seem to be running into with crab apples. So I think Gladiator, I like the name too, you know, strong, aggressive, you know, really, really holds up well, you know, to the battle of Mother Nature. And, you know, from what I have seen, any plant that basically gives you that, that, um, that tight form. And I misspoke on the height. I read the wrong line. It's 20 feet high, 9 feet wide. 9 feet. So tight, even tighter than I, I talked about. So, you know, that place on the corner of the house where you need height, but you can't have the width. That place next to the driveway where you don't want to have the problem of the branches going into the driveway and hitting into the cars. You know, so a real tight, nice oval shape, glossy bronze, purple leaves, you know, which I like because when the flowers go by, you've got this dark, dark bronze foliage. And a lot of times for that foliage, we'll sell a purple leaf plum or something like that. I don't particularly like purple leaf plums. You see them a lot 
in southern states, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, you know, because they do well up here, but with our snow and ice, they don't hold up as a long-term tree, the purple plums. So having an option like that, that's tight, narrow, and holding on to that, you know, ornamental look of Maine, there's nothing more Maine than apples and crab apples to me when it comes to cherries and plums and all that to me that's not Maine so I really like this old fashioned plant in a new form we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with more from the joy of gardening on News Talk WLOB We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook on another Saturday morning. I hope you've got your coffee. I hope you're relaxing. You know, winter's a tough time of year for me. I have to get excited about something. And for me, I'm not a big winter sports person. I like the outdoors. I enjoy fall and early winter. This time of year is the dog days of winter for me. It's a really tough time. You know, I have to kind of switch over and do projects inside of the house. I'm in the greenhouse all the time. So, you know, I get my fill of getting outdoors and, you know, feeling, getting my hands in the dirt. But talking about new plants is fun. It's exciting. It's like, wow. You know, and then when that truck opens up in the spring and we're unloading these trucks, you know, and it's a lot of physical work. But boy, those new plants come off. You go, wow, look at this. Isn't this great? Everybody's going to have fun with this, and we're going to have fun selling it, and customers are going to love it. And so here we are, you know, mid-January, approaching mid-January, and we're talking about new stuff. I love that. I get excited about it. And there's so many hydrangeas. We have a million of them. And there's another one. This one here, to me, again, we're going with a kind of more dwarf theme, more dwarf. This one's called Strawberry Sunday. Very, very cool plant. Again, a little bit smaller, four feet by three to four feet wide. Blooms midsummer through late. So it's that middle of the road, I would say probably early August, late July, early August. But this one here has more tones of pink going to red. So you got vanilla strawberry that's going to be that more pink to white shade. This one's going to be more pink going to red. It starts out white, but they say the red is more vivid. And I haven't seen this one yet. I haven't seen it. I'm excited about it because, again, it fits that more compact. The pictures I've looked at have been really tight 
nice, well-rounded plants with really nice, upright flowers. Now, pictures can be deceiving. Photoshop's an unbelievable thing. You know, colors can be changed. But what I like to do is go to many different sites, and you're going to start to see kind of some similarities come through. You know, you're going to start to see similar type pictures start to show up. Now, Strawberry Sunday just makes me hungry. You know, and come middle of, middle of summer, I think we should do an event that's maybe like an ice cream social or something to kick this plant off. I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my head around what we can do to have fun with this because the name just, you know, midsummer. August, in bloom, strawberry Sunday, come get an ice cream. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with something fun because I really think this might be a great variety too. I'm thinking this might be a little better variety than vanilla strawberry, to be perfectly honest. Now, I, again, I haven't seen it, but what I do see in the literature tends to make me kind of get excited about it a little more compact like i talked about with the vanilla strawberry my only concern is the floppy part to it and this might get us more close to home where we don't have to prune quite as much we don't have to maintain quite as much although it's going to be tough to beat vanilla strawberry it's pretty it's really pretty um we had some plants last fall the plants didn't look great in the containers because they were little little leggy but man, the flowers were just amazing. So hopefully this one kind of rings true. There's a million new plants out there, folks. We have to try to choose them. We can't fill every single one. But I like to talk about some of the ones we're going to have. If you have plants that you're interested in, always ask us. It doesn't necessarily mean we stock every new plant that's available on the market, but we may be able to get it for you. And sometimes we have to make choices, you know, vanilla strawberry, strawberry sundae, you know, quick fire. You know, we may not have all of them at one time, but we're going to rotate them through throughout the year. You know, so because there's such a large variety on hydrangeas, you can't cover every variety. It's impossible. No garden center can stay in business and stock every variety. But what I will tell you is we order these along the way through the year for a lot of people. So we're going to have some strawberry Sunday kicking around, but maybe we'll sold out in between when you come to get it. Just ask us. We'll get it for you. We'll figure it out. You know, our suppliers are really good. Now let's go back to spring because we've been talking a lot about hydrangeas and late blooming stuff. Let's talk about lilacs. Okay, so we've been talking about bloomerang for a while now. Well, there's more to the series this year. Now there's bloomerang dark purple. Who doesn't love a dark purple lilac? Okay, now we started to see this show up on the market last fall. We had a few. They sold quite quickly. Bloomerang Dark Purple is darker. The bud's darker. It still opens up. It's fairly, in my opinion, it's still more lavendery purple. But the bud is really dark. Again, same thing, four to six feet tall, four to six feet wide. Again, just like Bloomerang, I personally think this plant needs to be pruned back aggressively for our climate. It needs to be pruned back periodically, 
after it's done its first bloom, take it back by a third, maybe even a half. That way it gets stalky and it holds up much better, much better for the following year and that winter months of snow and ice. The Bloomerang series, to me, the downfall to it is snow and ice damage because the branches aren't very heavy. But how can you resist a lilac that blooms more than once? Now, the summer bloom on the dark blue, or dark purple, I should say, is not a, it's just like Bloomerang. It's not a big bloom come summer. It's a small bloom. It's a sporadic bloom. But what I will say is you put it next to a patio or a kitchen window. When that opens up in the summer, you can't smell it during the day. The heat of the day just takes the fragrance away. But boy, first thing in the morning and right at dusk when you have that window open and you walk up and say first thing in the morning, you make a cup of coffee, you're standing at the sink and that waft comes through the window. That first little breeze in the morning, and you're going to, wow. And to have that in the summer, you know, that's wonderful in the summer. You know, just because it reminds you of spring. There's nothing better than spring flowers, spring fragrance. You know, we take advantage of that as much as we can. And this one gives you that in the late summer months. Now, I understand there's a white coming too. And I didn't tell you, okay? But my understanding is 2015, there may be a white in the series also. So, we'll see. I like the lilacs that are rebloomers, though. I think it gives us a lot of positivity in, you know, that genus and species. I, I think it's taking over some of the older varieties. Some of the older varieties are falling by the wayside. So many plants, folks. Just a million of them. We could go on and on and on and on about plants. And I tend to. One area I don't talk a lot about are roses. I've really been kind of that that person that... I'm not a high-maintenance person, and everybody thinks roses and they think high-maintenance. And so for a long time, I kind of shied away from roses. I'm kind of coming around. I gotta let you, I gotta let you know, these new series of roses. I mean, knockouts have been around a long time. They're tried and true, performing well, low maintenance, easy. You can cut them back with a hedge pruner. You know, I kind of dig them. You know, I really kind of feel like they're holding up well, and they've lived up to the name, and the hybridizers have done their job. They've taken roses from being the highest maintenance plant in our landscape to starting to get to be maybe one of the lowest. Because we can prune them with the head shears. You can take them out and just lop them off and they come back and they bloom again. I mean, how awesome is that? You don't have to be a great gardener to do well. They've taken the disease and insect problems away. So I think it's time to kind of change the way we're thinking about roses. It's time to get back into using some of them. Another series that, to me, has just been phenomenal have been the Drift Roses. 
This is maybe the third or fourth year they're on the market. Low-growing shrub roses work really well in perennial beds, work really well in shrub beds, good for, you know, around um, porches, good for in containers. I've seen them used as a carpet in parking lots now. And roses in a parking lot? I mean, you don't see that other than Rosa Ragosa. Your beach roses very often because it's dry. They don't get taken care of. You know, there's a lot of heat from the pavement. But these plants are thriving in all of those conditions. But this one I want to talk about is an interesting one. It's called Campfire. And it's from the first editions line. Now, Bailey's Nursery, we're talking about a lot of their plants this year so far. And this one here, this campfire, I found to be really kind of neat. Number one, it sounds like Maine. Campfire. I mean, how cool would it be to have some of these out by your fire pit? Somebody says, oh, I love your rose. What type is it? Oh, it's campfire. You know, fits, right? Blooms all summer long, all the way to frost. Beautiful bicolor. Pink outer edge. Creamy yellow on the center. Zone 3 for Maine. Zone 3. This is hybridized at Bailey's Nursery in Minnesota. Okay. Really, really great, great plant. So the bud is kind of a red and yellow bud. And then it opens up red, reddish pink. And whenever the rose people, for some reason, I'm not sure, they call red pink or pink red. They get, I think they, they're confused. Because usually it's like knockout. They call knockout a red. It's not. It's a hot pink. To me. Now, some people call it red. Now, I guess color is in the eye of the beholder. Thank God. But, to me, this is more a pink with a, with a yellow. They call it red. I call it pink. But it's a nice blend. The the nice part, too, is the foliage is dark green. So with that blended flower, it really shows nicely. It's kind of like knockout in the drifts. The foliage, with the limited amount of fertilizer, stays really dark green. So it contrasts the flowers really nicely. And same thing with this. You can prune it with head shears if you want. I don't always recommend that. But, you know, sometimes a rose bush, it gets out of control. You go in, you prune it back to a little muffin, little water and fertilizer, and bam. Two weeks later, full of flowers. And I'm not a big rose guy. So if you know I'm talking about roses, I'm excited about some of these different series. And Campfire seems like it might be one of those new additions that's going to be exciting. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. For over 60 years, Wiltproof has provided the most effective protection against moisture loss in plants under water stress, and no other product comes close. Our non-hazardous, organic, and biodegradable film is like having several layers of protection. 
As the outside layer of Wiltproof wears off with the weather, another layer forms. Wiltproof is the only horticulture anti-transparent that has the ability to provide this long-lasting protection. Put your trust in Wiltproof. Check out their site at wiltproof.com. That's wilt-proof.com. I want a great garden this year, but I don't know where to start. Does this sound like you? With so many great plants available, it can be tough knowing which ones are right for you and your home. The gardening pros at Estabrooks can help. Every time I come, they're always helpful to us. They are really knowledgeable about things because I don't know that much about gardening, so they always tell me what you know would be right in my house in the sun and the settings. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we're talking new plants for 2014. But it's still the dog days of winter. You know, we're just having a really, really, really cold winter. I'm just back from Florida, you know, and we had a blast down there. But boy, coming back, just cold in Maine. You know, the one thing is you can get out and enjoy Maine weather. It's what you make of it, the winter. You know, and we're... We're talking about new plants. So how can you not get excited about that? So we've been talking about shrubs primarily. I'm going to kind of throw a few other plants that I think might be noteworthy. And and this first one is uh, burgundy bunny grass. Now we had this last fall. It was the first time I had seen it out there. I've been seeing it in some trade magazines and stuff for a little bit. And now kind of these plants are really starting to, you know, take shape. So Burgundy Bunny's Penicetum. Now, a lot of you are probably familiar with Little Bunny Penicetum. Small dwarf little plant. I like this one because it has that new growth that comes out that's red. Still gets the little plume like Little Bunny. But it has this wonderful contrasting color of new growth during the whole summer months. So a nice contrasting plant with good show in the fall. Warm season grass, obviously, so in the early spring it's not going to show up like a whole bunch. But Burgundy Bunny, I think, is going to be a really cool new variety now. They're saying Zone 5. We're going to find out. Okay, most of the grasses that have new red growth we've found have not had some great hardiness. I'm kind of a little concerned that they've given a little bit better rating on this hardiness than it is. So we're going to kind of ease into this plant. But I think we should start trying it because we have to learn how it works in our climate. They're saying zone 5. 8 to 18 inches high, 12 to 18 inches wide. Cool little plant, nice accent in a perennial bed. I really like plants that give us contrast all summer and then a good show in the fall when a lot of other plants. So plant this one with some of your spring and early summer bloomers and then it's going to fill in that void in August and September and October. When those plants, you need to cut them back and they really don't look that great, you can have a star in the garden that's not going to overpower your yard like a lot of the other grasses. 
I would put this one close to the front of the bed. I'd put it someplace where you can see it or walk by it because I think you might get lost in the garden if you put it too far away from your areas where you're maybe entertaining or your walkways or, or some area where you're walking by it. It may just kind of disappear and you may not enjoy it as much. But I really like this plant. I was impressed with it in the container. It's definitely dwarf. It doesn't look like much in the container. You're probably not going to find a ton of these available early in the spring. They'll probably start coming into the garden center. I would say I would say you're probably going to start seeing them come into the garden center, you know, late May, early June, into July when some serious numbers will start to show up when the grass is really ready. Now, we have some we've overwintered from this fall, so we will have some early on in the spring. But, again, there might be a little hole in availability. But just come in, and I want to talk about that a little bit, about availability and of these new plants. A lot of times what will happen is they put a lot of the literature and they put a lot of the hype out before the plants are ready. Don't you love that? You know, they go to Good Housekeepings and they'll put an ad in. And they'll go to all these different gardening magazines and give them editorials and all this stuff two to three years before the crop's actually ready. So what you find is some of these plants now have been out and people have been starting to ask about them, but now the inventory is ready. So the numbers have come online. The growers have got the numbers up to speed. So the prices start to come down a little bit. So even though they're newer things, the prices kind of moderate. Where the first couple, you know, years when they put it out, a lot of times there aren't many growers, and they can ask their price. This one here was high priced last year. It's definitely coming down for this year. It's going to be two to three or four dollars cheaper this year due to the fact that there's enough inventory out there in the market now. So really great plant. Check out Burgundy Bunny. I really think you're going to like it. For those perennial lovers, it's a great contrast plant. You know, I love to use contrasting plants. Ferns, hosta, grasses, ground covers, things that contrast your other staple plants. Like we talked about in past shows, we've talked about, you know, the top 20 plants and how we we tend to sell 80% of our sales are through top 20 genuses. And... Burgundy Bunny, I think, is going to be one of those plants that really contrasts well. The last plant I really want to talk about today is a perennial hibiscus. And there's been amazing genetics that have come out on these plants. And I got to tell you, I've been adding some of these to my yard. And for a long time, we had really a tough time overwintering perennial hibiscus. I think I've figured it out, though. I've been experimenting with cutting them back in the fall, not cutting them back in the fall. And I'm finding that if you don't cut them back in the fall, man, do they come up beautifully the following year. And I really like it because they got cool stems and seed pods on them right now. I was looking out through the window. Even though we have a fair amount of snow, I still am seeing the seed pods on top, which I like. I think it's really cool. But this hibiscus is called Midnight Marvel. Okay, we haven't had this one before. We've had a couple others that are similar, but what I like about this one is it's got that dark burgundy foliage with that bright red flower. 
eight to nine inch around f- across flowers. I mean, we're talking dinner plate, baby. You know, unbelievable big flowers. And with that dark foliage, again, contrast plant with a show later on in the season. So now we've got that foliage all summer long. Now, perennial hibiscus, they pop up. They pop up late. But you've got all summer this nice dark foliage as a contrast. Can you tell I'm excited about this plant? So again, Midnight Marvel Hibiscus. We're going to try to get some. They're not going to be available till later in the season, though. They won't be available first thing in the spring. So here we are, another Saturday. It went by just like that, quick as can be. I'm back from Florida. I'm in the greenhouse. I'm getting excited. There's a lot going on. The hustle and bustle has started for spring. We're going to be talking more and more and more. Submit your questions to our website, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. Next week, we're going to be taking a bunch of questions that have been submitted. We're going to be talking about a bunch of that stuff. So start submitting them. Do you have problems with seed stuff? You know, are you looking to start seeds or start herbs or do other things? Send me some questions. I'll answer them online. I'll answer them on the radio. I'll answer them however you submit them. Well, make sure you get the information so you're moving forward towards spring. Get out there. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy the snow. Enjoy Mother Nature. Get out of the house. It's tough this time of year. Have a wonderful Saturday, and we'll see you next week.